was so irritating. Oh.
thinks it. That <laughs> motley, every day, that though. motley Able. crew, Abel Jaramillo over here just flipping everybody off, yes. looking like he just no, got really, out of court. I mean, I don't think it's just you. It's not something you could just do six times a week for like five months and then just assume that you're going to be really good at. Yeah. Or be better at. I mean, it's just. It's it's weird. It's it's a tough way to do it. Like it, is is it is is comedy something that you actually saw yourself doing your entire life, even as even as a kid, or is this something yeah. that you just kind of grew into? No, I mean I grew into it. I mean I again, you know, I was after high school. I was just going to college, and then I met uh, you know Sammy, one of my buddies from high Sammy school. Sammy obeyed. Yes. Not a boy. They're looking for Abel right now. I know. Huh? <laughs> It's not the police. They actually think he OD'd. Like, I know one of these assholes are parked illegally. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're a fire truck. Uh, but the, um, the uh, what was it? What was the we were talking about uh, the, oh, yeah, was this something that you saw yourself doing your never whole life? I saw myself. You know, the weird thing about stand-up is I never really saw myself doing stand-up. I, I kind of wanted to go to law school. My sister's doctor wants a lawyer. I always thought it'd be really fun to be a lawyer because I, like, uh, I like reading. I like learning up on stuff. And then I think being in a, in a courtroom battling some other dude would be hella fun right um so that that's something that i was actually focused on doing but then i met my friend sammy he was doing stand-up comedy a year into it brought me into uh, a couple mics um but that's pretty much that's basically where we started and then you just get addicted to that man what I was mean, your what was your do you remember your first, first experience time, do you yeah. remember that yeah i did mission pizza over there in fremont it was like valentine's day yeah 2009 i think so I just go up there, and uh, again, I invited a lot of my friends. I'm from Fremont, so there's like 40 of my friends. Right. And I just remember going up there and just doing like 20 minutes, 25 minutes almost the first time. And I did really well because all my friends were over there. I like killed it. I was like, okay, this is really – this is what I should be doing. This is awesome. And then I hit like four mics that week, and it was just like not the case. And that, yeah, it, it hurts, right? So it hurts. The world is just all like, uh, I mean, I don't know who Mark is, so this isn't funny. Why are you talking about your friend? <laughs> like, you guys know Mark. I'm like, we didn't go to your high school, sir. Okay, so how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with that rejection? Because because here's the thing about comedy, man. Like, when the crowd rejects you, you feel it immediately. Yeah, it's not like you, you put up a. Care. You, you you're not supposed to. I, oh, most definitely. Oh, I don't care. I just yell back at them. Right. I said, I'm sorry, you're not too uh, smart to understand this dick joke, but right. I don't think it's not funny. It's a very sophisticated dick joke. That's exactly you know, what's going on. You're going to get rejected by hot girls eight times a week. Who gives right. a shit about the crowd in Billings? Well, see, that, that's, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's a great like, what point, What I really though. wanted was Tanya, not for you idiots to like me, so I don't give a shit. No, no, but that's a great point, though, man, because yeah. I feel like, and I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like when you get accustomed to the feeling of, yeah. of rejection, of instant yeah. rejection, it's easier to go out into the world and yeah. just be as badass as you want to yeah. because it's, it can't hurt you. It's like it's like being whooped on the back so many times that your back is just numb now yeah. at this point. So, I mean, do you find... It's like, I don't love you. It's, it's like, like, I don't care. You're like, I don't love These me either. jokes aren't working, Kelly. I'm at Mission Pizza. I don't love me either, okay? I know. I tell you, dude, that's, that's the thing about it. You cannot care about the crowd. You have to... Rejection... Even when you get great, you're getting rejected. I mean, there's always going to be rejection. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, even when you blow up, there's going to be roles that you're not going to get or TV shows that you're not going to be on, even if you're out there killing it. Right. So you got to get quick. Rejection should be the first thing you should actually think of. Right. So when you're happy, when the one rejection doesn't happen, you're like, you know what? Things are good. <laughs> I'm going to be it's fine. Like, uh, it's like they're serving breakfast after 10. This isn't a victory. <laughs> is there is, is there like a goal for you, though, Kabir? Like, what, what is I, – I get this question from uh, – younger comics like what is that you want to do like what where do you want to be in like five yeah. or ten years what is what is the goal that kabir singh has in mind in terms of yeah. comedy or entertainment well listen you can't put a number on when you want to achieve it but like literally my goal is i love doing stand-up comedy that's my thing i would love performing on the road 
260 days a year yeah. all over America and the world. Repeatedly, theaters and sell tickets. Of course. Fortunately, you have to get on television to do that and other stuff that you have to get good at to do what you want to do. Um, but that's, that's basically the goal. And really, honestly, the goal, I mean, of just going city to city and making people laugh, I've pretty much already over, I've already achieved. I mean, I get to go. I mean, I'm not getting paid great, and there's a lot of shows that do suck. Yeah. But I'm still hitting that. I still get to go out and make people laugh. So it's a lot of fun. It would be fun doing it while being getting rich, I guess. That, that would also be dope. I, I'm, Is that the way to say it? Yeah. Is that the bright way to answer that question? I think that's the most direct I'd way like to do it. I'd like to get rich doing exactly what I'm what doing I right do. now. What I want to do. Please. <laughs> right now Please. is good. Um, I, I, so, I, 20 more grand a show would be nice. <laughs> I know I know you're going city to city, and that definitely is one of the perks of uh, doing stand-up comedy. But you're originally from the Bay Area, Bay Area. Um, from Fremont. Uh, my, my question is this though, do you think that there is a huge difference between like Bay area, the Bay area comedy scene versus out, you know, the rest of the world? And I, know, I yeah. hate to sound pretentious cause I know the Bay area people right. usually sound like, you know, our shit don't stink or something like that. Right. But what, what is Bay area comedy compared to somewhere on, you know, in the Midwest or, or down South? We, 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 we are literally at the best, the Bay area is the best place to get good at stand up because it's a melting pot and you're going to get. All different kind of crowds throughout the week. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you could just go in there and do. I mean, there's just so many people here. Right. Uh, people talk about the Midwest like it's easy. They're the easiest crowds. Really? They're happy to see you. It's Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, I, to be a dick, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're, right. They're, they're, it's way harder to impress and make people laugh at Roosters on a Sunnyvale when the whole Oracle and Yahoo's over there that's just trying to get drunk, or San Francisco with all these guys where you can't say anything. At all. Right. You know, they're way harder than going in the – I mean, Bay Area is a perfect place to get good. I mean, this is the best place. You go to different rooms, get good. Midwest, Chicago, Denver, they're the same people. Yeah. Everyone watches the same stuff on television. I mean, it's crazy. Everybody yeah. watches that. And you kind of already know how people think just by watching the news and the shows that are successful and the cartoons that do well. Yeah. They're not totally different. When you start going to, like, Glasgow and stuff where your accent, like Scotland – where you're just talking and they're like, I don't know what he's saying. Right, right, right. That's when it becomes an issue. <laughs> has, has that been an issue oh, for you? Oh, Lord. I went, I lied to this promoter like four years into stand-up. He's like, you're a headliner. I'm like, yeah, headline America. Oh, this is great. He's like, yeah, we need to headline these, uh, this like UK tour. And I was like, hell yeah. He's like, you got an hour? I'm like, yeah, I got an hour at Tommy T's right. in the San Jose Improv. I'm four years in. <laughs> right. They throw me to Glasgow and like Birmingham and I'm just up there like, this is going to be tough. <laughs> like, I mean, Glasgow, they just stared at me. I've never seen it. I was an hour. That was good. I still had an hour good show. I was yes. doing it. But it was just 45 minutes and people just looking at me like, I don't understand the word that's coming that's out of That's incredible. Time. And I'm like, it's English. Right. And they tell me something. So I kind of don't understand what you're saying. This it's, is weird. It's two people speaking English, completely different accents. Same don't know language. what the hell. Yeah. So so what's going on in your mind? I mean, you're talking about going overseas to do comedy. Oh, yeah. And you're, you kind of, you know, you kind of gassing yourself up to this guy by saying, yeah, I got an hour. Oh, I mean, course. so, so what all else those, are you going to tell the guy? It's you're not going to say no. Two grand a show. Yeah. You're not going to say no. An hour, sir. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So what Which you, hour would you like? <laughs> what are you thinking in those? What are you thinking in those 45 minutes where they're just the watching? I'll you? bring it, sir. Well, no, no. What are you thinking in, the, in that time where, they, where you're just being judged? <laughs> Oh, do, while I was bombing? Yeah. Oh, they immediately knew I wasn't shit the minute I got there. Like, <laughs> they put me on the first show in London. Like 30 minutes into that, just sweating. I'm like, so you guys, uh, the McDonald's here tastes funny. Right. <laughs> just it. Scotland was tough. They didn't understand a word. But you know what? They were so polite. Like, I, I they were just so cool that they wanted me to do well. They understand there was a language barrier. They understand that it's not my fault. Yeah. There's a lot more respect for comedians in the UK, like we're looked at, like there's a lot of TV shows in the UK where they just put 
stand-up comedians on a panel and they just talk about their opinions right something right. that we would destroy here exactly like, hey, yes shit. like the, the structure over there comedians are really well respected so even though i was eating eating it and in my head i'm like this is really bad they were still not rude they weren't booing they were just listening and they're like you know they understood when Prince, to clap. Yeah. but you could just tell as a comedian that dude none of this is working and you're you're not gonna get paid you're not, you're not getting that satisfaction <laughs> right you're not scratching that itch you got a piece of paper over there man with some stuff written down did you want to read some of that stuff off oh no i want to ask a question yeah oh uh, you want okay go, yeah i want to ask you a couple questions oh you want to ask me a job. question because like as a comedian right so i've been doing just stand-up never had a day job while i was doing stand-up at least other than the telemarketing i did 15 trying to hook up with that girl rejection again <laughs> uh <laughs> but the um when you do stand up, when you have like a full time job, dude, yeah. like how do you balance the two? Like, I guess my question is if you have to do radio in the morning for a big radio show on like a Wednesday, but you get this gig in Arizona that doesn't pay anything, or a gig in LA that doesn't pay anything, but industry is there and you need to be show your face over there to do well and you got the spot. I mean, how do you pick that? Well, at this point, you know, I, I got to a point where um, I had to make a decision. It's like, look, I, I signed this contract to do this radio show that I really enjoy doing. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I, if a great opportunity comes up in uh, in L.A. or Seattle or wherever yeah. it may be, you have to make a decision. You have to choose. Well, you know, there's never good opportunities in Seattle. <laughs> well, yeah, or wherever it may be, wherever it may you be. Might right? Pass on the Seattle gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come down to uh, Topeka and see if, see if I can make that make that work. No, um, I mean, it, but again, like when you so you you just have to weigh the options. You just right? have to it's weigh like, the options. Whichever one is worth it more. I mean, if if it's a big show on a, on on the radio on Wednesday morning and I want to go to L.A. or whatever, but I but let's say they're not paying or let's say. I'm I'm not too sure about the booker or I don't yeah. know I don't know the people that well I might side with the radio show right, right. although my first love is stand-up comedy I only got into radio because of stand-up comedy um, that's I kind of I kind of stumbled into into sports talk radio right. and, and morning radio so I know right. where my loyalties are it's definitely towards comedy but yeah sometimes you just got to make a tough decision and, and, what, and sometimes you do have to pass up on a gig that sounds cool yeah but you're not very sure about oh, you know, you know you start weighing yes anyway exactly you know, like oh this person's there that person there. you, you might drive seven hours people. you might drive seven hours to get there oh, and all yeah. of a sudden you're getting bumped nine people you're getting bumped your boss is calling you so yeah, <laughs> where so are you it's just a lot of hard decisions <laughs> man you just you just got to know but i look at it like this it's a good problem to have you know because because you got two things that you love i have two things in, that i love in my life radio and comedy yeah. i get a chance to you know i've worked hard enough to be able to be in, engulfed in both of them so it's a good problem to have but i just have to make the tough decision but radio wasn't your only job doing stand-up though right yeah no no I, before radio like, before i actually did full-time radio i used to sell asphalt for a, for a uh, construction company. Jeez. I was an asphalt estimator. estimator. I, would, I would go to your parking lot. I would measure it all out. I'd, uh, Were you uh, good at that? I was pretty good. You, dude, let me tell everything. you something. Let me tell you something. Asphalt is a lucrative industry. I can it's imagine. everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. You really don't think about it until you actually start selling it, and then you yeah. look around, and you're like, God damn, every single road, every single freeway, almost all driveways. I'm telling you, man, but you don't notice it until you're actually making money off of it. That's gangster. So, yeah. What time did you have to go to work for that? That was When you're in sales, you kind of have more of an open oh, schedule. Yeah. So, you, so, you know, you can make your own schedule. You so one that, with a Big Mac. All, all the time, bro. One o'clock. I'm, I'm at, looks like shit. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's all cracked up, but I got an In-N-Out burger, so I'm it's good like, to go. So this is a brand new building. <laughs> Pull your pants up. But what was the worst thing about, all, uh, like, out of all the jobs you had while doing stand-up? And yeah. I still, I, I can't imagine this not being radio just because of the, the timing. But what was the worst thing about any job you had while you had to mix in with stand-up? Ooh, uh, I'd say, okay, I'd say the worst thing about um, this one job I had where I was basically customer service. 
and I sat in a cubicle all day, and I sold. You, you ever seen the? You ever seen Office? You know, the, the Office. The Office, right? Oh, the, the Office. The show, The yeah, Office. You know how close. they? You know how they? Yeah, very close. Well, The Office. got one word right, actually. The Office space sentiment. That was my life. Sitting in that cubicle, I've definitely had that feeling. But just like The Office, the TV show, I actually sold paper products. No way. So I was selling paper plates, selling paper cups. My whole life was paper. It was just a sad state of affairs. <laughs> it, I was just everything in my life was was bendable and breakable and rippable because I, I was just engulfed in this paper world. So that that was the worst part about doing that job, customer service for a person like me. Yeah. Is that I hate sitting down for yeah. hours at a time. I hate being quiet for hours at a time. <laughs> I'm on the phone and I'm on the computer all day, which I cannot just I cannot stand that. And it would burn the fat off my soul. Dude. So when I would leave there that's at five o'clock, so scared to hear there. When that's I would crazy. leave there at five o'clock. I hated life. life. Damn, I, I, and, and here's the thing. I lived on the same block as I worked on. Understand that. I lived on the same block as I worked on. This is over on uh, on Cherry Street. So there's like no commute. You would just no, walk it was just. I would just, every day I wake up, depressed. I walk to work, I, I burn on the inside, then I'd go home, smoke some weed, cry for a little while, oh, and then and then just listen to sports talk radio and then just repeat in the morning. It was the saddest. Damn, it was the saddest time of my life, so you man. You just hated paper? Like you, you, you refused to I write ref jokes on paper? Yeah. I, now I, I'm like Jay-Z, man. I just freestyle like, everything. cardboard. Now. I'm not using this shit. <laughs> cardboard. I what just, do you mean there's no cardboard? Board. Is this the improv? So that was it right there, man. That was that was the uh, the worst. You guys need cement or paper? <laughs> I can't imagine having to do that shit because like it just it's gotta be worse if you do the, a show. Yes. Bomb. Wake up in the morning. Sell no paper. Sell no paper. <laughs> You're just like that was a fun 24. It's a terrible. Yeah, I had a lot of those 24. The, the 72 hour power. The 72 power hours. I get you to see you getting you bumped on a show. It's like you don't know how much I need this. Size. I need this. I gotta sell All these right. cups. The paper industry is literally crashing. <laughs> <laughs> They've got these notes on the phone now. It's just this is crazy, man. What's the single worst moment of your life at a day job, other than getting fired? Ooh, single worst moment of my life. Um, I worked at a liquor store for a long Damn, time. Dude, how actually. many jobs did you oh, have? I've had dude. many jobs, my friend. How old are you here? Like uh, nine. I, I mean, I've I've done everything, man. I've, I worked. My first job was when I was eight? 11 years old. Ooh, no. Oh, what were you doing at 11? At 11 years old, I was Legally. stocking. I was stocking beers and soda. That is so illegal. I'm not, I'm not even supposed to touch the beer, but I was stocking beers and soda. And, and by the time I was 13, I moved myself up to the register, and I was working the register. You moved yourself I was, up? Well, I mean, I had worked myself <laughs> up to the register. You became right? manager at 11 and a half. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking start working the cashier. I'm assistant manager at 12 are heavy i was like hey, hey real question about the beer you ever fucking did you ever slide a beer in? Did oh yeah for sure yeah dude i said i got just a drunk rudy watching dude dodgers first, first time i got drunk i snuck some club mudslides out of the liquor store and i drank them on the side of the liquor store next to the dumpster and I got super drunk, and then I went home to go play Nintendo all day. It was, it was crazy. That's the life, dude. That was the real life. Before rejection. When I was 13 years old, I worked my way up to the register, and the funniest thing ever, dude, they used Who's to, the boss? Sorry. Indian? My, no, this, uh, this uh, Italian Because I know some Indian be like, dude. what are you? How old are you? <laughs> 22. Okay, well. You can sleep. You don't look. Mexicans are getting younger. By, you look 10, but okay, grab the beer. He was, he was a, He's an Italian guy that's Italian actually dude. been in this neighborhood uh, for a long time, and they've owned the shop for a long time. He gave me me a job at 11 because I used to go in there all the time and, and, and buy baseball cards. And I got that was my first job. When I was 13 years old, Kabir, I was asking grown men for their ID before, before I sold them their malt liquor. I would have stole that liquor. You probably would have whooped my ass at 13. Dude, I, I, used, I used at 13 years old, I used to be like, hey man, here's a, I need to see your ID. And then they like pull out their wallet halfway yeah. and then they think about it and look at me and be like, let me see your ID. Yeah. Where's your ID at? You know? And, but that was just, that was my job at the time. There's but, your father. I need cigarettes. You but, can't but handle the, that. The worst time I 
ever had was when I got robbed. I got robbed in the liquor store, man. Robbed at the liquor yeah, store. Yeah, I got. I had a gun placed right so to your cheek, and you're like, thir- "How old were you?" No, I wasn't 13. I was like, actually, I worked there for a long time, so I, probably, I was probably like 19. 19? Yeah, that's still pretty young now. Yeah, it's young. still pretty bad. I had a gun pressed up to my was this cheek. Another and liquor store? You no, worked same there for liquor 14 store. Years. Same liquor store. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You worked there from 11 to 9. When did you leave? I had, dude, I used to work there, like you know, Damn, sporadically. Shut that shit down. You gotta leave. I've been here since I was 11. <laughs> right? I'm like chaining Mark myself McDonald's. to the wall. Build <laughs> that somewhere else. That was it, man. That was that was probably the single worst time. I mean, Getting I've had some pretty bad dude, jobs. Going through your head. Uh, I'm gonna die. Was he Indian? At no, least? he was. God I think I'm it. pretty sure he was black. Give you know, me sure all of your dude. shit. Yeah, he's, everything, dude. Everything. I, I, I just opened up the register and just started handing over handfuls of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you gonna do? You know, I don't care. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to live. Yeah. I'm trying to survive. You know. Sir, I've had my puberty in here. If you think you're walking out <laughs> here with a fucking dime, I've got another thing coming. All right, I have to get high and play Nintendo in four hours. <laughs> yes. I can't have you taking my boss's shit. Oh my god. That sounds like a That's terrible the one, man. day, dude. That's What'd the you one. do after you got robbed? Uh, I just basically stood there stunned for yeah. about 15 minutes. Um, people, people, were, I didn't even call the people police. People were coming in, sir. People were coming in. There was like a long line of people lining up, and I was just sitting there, like just stunned for like 15 to 20 minutes. I couldn't believe. Can what I happened. just get a Snicker bar? I know you just got robbed, but I really <laughs> need the Snicker bar. My wife's being a bitch. It was rough, man. <laughs> it was rough. That that, but that was the bottom. That was hands down the worst moment. Hands down. There's no. What else could it be? worse you told the ultimate tale of it actually what to, could be worse actually Something to be honest with you cut my hand off to be honest with you now when i think about it sometimes i think about the fact of how i actually hated my life yeah when i worked at the paper company right versus that one moment where i was scared for my life yeah and honestly man i think maybe hating your life for about <laughs> four worse. years was probably still worse than having a gun pressed to your face at yeah, 19 yeah could you imagine that was being... that was one moment of terror and a lifetime of stories i gotta tell you that right there was four years of my life that i rough. wasted that I just I can't get back. I gotta rob somebody. I gotta you rob can't God. Get out of paper. Give me all Sorry. your leads, <laughs> Trevor. This is it's way too early for this. Is that a gun? Oh man. <laughs> no, that's got to be badass. I couldn't imagine doing. I couldn't imagine being robbed at a liquor store. Yeah. I would definitely give them all the money, but I would also like. You gotta I give would it be up. Doing something weird like giving them tickets to shows too. You gotta give it up, man. <laughs> Are we gonna do the? Uh, they said just stop talking and leave. Oh, do we? Because it's like ten twenty-one. Right? Yeah. Oh, we can see him talking. This is dynamite no, no. shit. No, they. Hey, they told me. Hey, not, they told me not to stop. They, or not to say anything. Just stop and then get back in there. Hell yeah. I'm on fire. All right, fucking let's run. These stand-up jokes are gonna be terrible. We're not gonna okay, use no, any of that. Keep it rocking. That's why I don't, don't want to say anything. We'll just keep. You guys need going. a break. The walls you guys are okay? coming down. <laughs> They're opening up. You got more questions? Oh shit, it's almost 10:20. It is 10:20. That's why. That's why. That's why I did that. But shit. if you got more questions, keep it rolling. Is there anything else you want to ask? Anything funny you want to just end it with? I get. I'll. I'll. Call, I'll wrap it up with something. Oh, let's. For how long? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll. I'll intro. Do you want me to ask you that? Yeah. Could you do me a favor? Could you just bring in? Um. Yeah. Who your favorite comedian? Yeah. You could ask me uh, who my favorite comedians were. All right. And then I'm just gonna uh tell you the fact that I never watched stand up until I started it. Okay. Cool. Okay. Jay, you got to call it, man. <laughs> All right, it's the Rare Formcast here with Rudy Ortiz and my guest, Kabir Singh. We've been talking about everything today, man. We got into sports. We even made some bets today. Yes, we did. We've been talking a little bit of comedy uh, for the last couple of minutes. Um, but I want to ask you, though, man, you know, of course, you're doing your thing. You're going everywhere and, and just making a name for yourself. But what are some of the names in comedy um, that you either looked up to or admired or were really into yeah. their their style? What what are some of the names that that, that come to mind? Yeah, a stand. I was a super late bloomer when it came to stand up. I don't think I started watching stand up until like 
maybe I think the first stand up comedy I've ever saw on TV was like maybe six months before I went on stage. Wow. And it didn't didn't blow me away or anything. I couldn't even tell you who I saw actually. But I did see it. But um the first live show I ever did was the Rooster T Feathers comedy competition when right. Sammy won it. Right. And then I saw that. That was my first live comedy show. And then I went back and I started watching stand up. And really, I mean that was not you know, it was like Dave Chappelle, Dane Cook, those guys. I mean, it sucks whenever I talk to old school people. They just hate me immediately. Cause they, Five yeah. seconds of talking. What kind of comedy do you like? Ah, I started watching that about uh, nine years ago. Because <laughs> uh, they, they don't like the fact that you're, they probably feel like, oh, this guy. Doesn't. Yeah, and I went back. I mean, I knew the, the social pressures of knowing. I mean, I went back and watched the stand-up from like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and stuff like that. But I don't think there was. It's weird. Like, as a comedian, I'm sure there was a comedian that inspired you to, to do stand-up. There's really, there's not like a comedian I could pinpoint and be like, that's the reason why I do stand-up comedy or that's who I want to be. It's kind of weird, but. No, my, mine is Paul Rodriguez because, and I say that because, what? no, let me tell you why, because that was the Edit first. That actually, I know Paul really well. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, Paul is still out there. Paul is still out there doing he's his thing. Dude. But he's, I mean, just being like a, being like a young Mexican kid, like listening to, watching a lot of stand-up comedy, because I loved watching comedy as a kid, right? right? But then when I saw Paul Rodriguez, he came out with an album a long time ago called Macaroni, or Mac and Cheese, or Mac Macaroni and Cheese. I think it was yeah. called Macaroni and Cheese. Um, and that was the first First ever CD or anything audio that I actually ever purchased. What year was that? I don't want. I want to say. Were 19... you 11 working at the liquor store? <laughs> yeah, it was, my, it was my liquor store money. Um, I, I want to say like 1994, 93, okay. wow. something like that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I bought that. I went to Suncoast. I, I bought it at Suncoast. Uh, bought the CD, bought the album, and that was it right there, man. Once I heard Paul Rodriguez, I was like, "This is." You this ever is, work with this him? This is cool. No, never had a chance to work For with him. Real, I've dude? met him a couple of times, but never. I saw him out over at uh, at the radio station. Came in. He came in a couple of times to do um some. Nice. some Sets, yeah, real, real nice guy, real cool That's guy. Cool. That's cool that you have that kind of guy. Because when I was growing up, there was no. Indie, I mean, for you, I mean, I, I don't sure it was just because he was was uh was well Hispanic, him, him being I mean, mexican definitely helped the situation it for me did, like, but I mean, it a, probably wasn't the game breaker but for me like russell didn't blow up till like 1999 right. and i don't think i really watched his stuff until way later until he already blew up but yeah yeah it's cool man stand up is great there's a lot of great comedians i i like watching the comedians that are just uh that that just I get to work with. I mean, there's so many. It's crazy going to like when you're doing a show in like Chicago and Boston. Just your feature and openers alone. Those yes. guys are like killer. Some of that. Yes. Like, what is this guy trying to make my life harder right now? I don't. Know. Is 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 supposed to be on the same team here? There's <laughs> nothing to prove here. I mean, is that a thing though? Do you get that a lot? Like, like, yeah, like when dude. you when you featured oh. before, do comics ever like say, you know what? I don't want to know. I don't know if Kabir's is the right, right. feature because he might blow it out the water. Then I yeah. gotta follow him. Uh, there's been the three times I've ever been kicked out of stand-up com like getting canceled from weekends. Two of them. Or from when I was featuring for other comedians, they're like, we don't even want to. But it's so rude to do that because number right. one, I always hated on them. But I was like, that's such stupid. That's so dumb. You're headlining. You should be able to do whatever. And then you'd go there and do it. And then you know they, they wouldn't even ask you to take it down. You just get canceled. But then when I started headlining and started going to like, <laughs> like you know, like Atlanta should do the shows, and I'm just all like, yeah, could you tell this guy to calm down here? <laughs> We're just trying to have a good just time. Ease up, right? Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. But like you know, the feature spot's obviously the easiest opening spot. But like. Uh, it is weird though, like that you you gotta like, but again, there's a lot of great comedians out there that that just are stuck at that spot because they don't have the TV credits to headline. It has right. nothing to do with their stand-up. I was stuck featuring for like five years before I got on Stand-Up Revolution. Uh, before that, it was basically just me bearing other headlines. You make enemies doing that; they don't yeah. like you anymore. Do you, do you do you find that do you find that you have like a way of writing jokes or or something that works specifically for you? Because I know that's something that comics you know comics all have a different way of coming up with material. Yeah. What is what is your way? Do you have a formula that works for you? Or? I, I do have a formula, and I think we're gonna try it out actually. Because what I do is I I don't really write like I don't sit there and have like a structure of the way I write my jokes. What I do is I come up with premises, and then I will go on stage ah. or just kind of 
tell people, my friends, could you listen to me? And then we will build a joke together. Yes. I mean, what happens is someone will give me like, uh, and a lot of times I won't use that specific idea, but someone will show something like, okay, what if you do this, which I'm going to do right now, actually, because okay. I'm going to try this, actually, because I do have a, I've been doing a bunch of sets this week, and there's three jokes that I've been working on, two, actually, that I don't want to do. When you come up with the premise, you just kind of go out there and say it, and you try to help it out. So I got a joke about aliens. I've always wanted a UFO joke, and I've written like five in the past, and they've all sucked. Right. So this is the only one where I thought I came up with a really good premise. So I'm going to throw it out there. And then well, you got a, you got a microphone up. right there, but we actually do have a stage here. Um, we do. With, with the Would microphone, you, with the microphone set up. Um, oh, well. You might as well just. That was a good bridge, though, right? Okay, cool. Bridge is good? Yeah, yeah that was good. Why, that sounds like a wonderful idea, Mr. Manet. I'll be delighted to come. And Mr. Boynton, do you speak for him as well? Mr. Boynton has been spoken for many times. The trouble is he doesn't answer. Oh, you mean about tonight. Yes, Mr. Manet, I feel sure I can speak for Mr. Boynton. Oh, fine. I'll be leaving then. I'll walk you to the door, Mr. Manet. Oh, my address is uh, 9066 Shoham Drive. Try to get there before 10. And I'm sure that as my students say, we will have a ball. <laughs> I'm sure that we will. Yes, until tonight then, Miss Brooks. Stay in the groove. Oh, Natch, Mr. Manet, Natch. And Mr. Manet. Yes? Don't take any wooden pranks. <laughs> Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, will return in just a moment. But first, here is Vern Smith. Ladies, regardless of age, skin type, or previous beauty care, doctors prove you too may win a lovelier complexion with palm olive soap. But to win this lovelier complexion, the kind men admire and women envy, you must stop improper cleansing. Instead, use palm olive soap the way doctors advise. Remember, 36 doctors, leading skin specialists, advised 1,285 women, many with complexion problems, to use palm olive this way. Some have dry skin, some oily, some coarse looking. Using palm olive soap alone, two out of three won lovelier complexions. Now, here's what the doctors advise Wash your face with palm olive soap. Massaging for one minute with Palm Olive's Soft Lather. This cleansing massage brings your skin Palm Olive's full beautifying effect. Rinse. Do this three times a day for 14 days. It's that simple. But doctors have proved this way using nothing but Palm Olive really works. So forget other beauty care. Use Palm Olive soap alone for a lovelier complexion. For loveliness all over, use big, thrifty bath-size palm olive in your tub or shower. After Mr. Monet left, I tried to get Mr. Boynton on the phone to tell him about the invitation. But ours is a party line, a four-party line to be exact, and every time I picked up the receiver, it was in use. Always careful not to lose my temper, I sat by the phone and drummed lightly on the top of the table until my five fingernails were impaled in the mahogany. <laughs> then I tried it once more. As sure as my name is Lucy Schofield, that's the only way to treat man there, boss. Believe me, if I had to do it all over again, Emma, I'd... Oh, excuse me a minute, dear. I think a snow roast burning in the kitchen. 
Now that's a coincidence. And if you're listening to Mutiny Radio, you've made a great choice because they're still filming this cool thing. Yay! The rare form cast. Here we go.
This isn't yeah. in your future. I, right. I don't see I why you need to sign up for something like that. I think you're going to okay, be able to get up and handle throwing and doing this job. And, you know, okay. you got to kind of treat it as the blue Okay, so you want me to end this blue collar work is just like a you want me to say, okay. That's what I'm talking Where it's maybe a little bit offensive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I trying to be funny or am I just trying to? You can do whatever you want. Okay, cool. Want to kind of have uh, more of a discussion undertone? Okay. Yeah. Of like, bro, I love you. Yeah. But you can't do that. Then can I stand up and walk away? Like, like walk, cro- like, like leave him when I'm done talking to him. Can I just? Yeah. Leave stay him, here. Leave him dusted. Like, like use that. As, no, I, don't know how you want I to do think it. that's a little too stagey. Okay. Cool. That, just stay here. You guys are still friends. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, like, well, you can that's what I was asking. asking. I was like, how, you know? I'm like, like, how hard are you going to go? But I see what you're saying. No, no, no. You're not going to tell him to lock up after you just leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just wants to be more well, disgusted I'll talk with that. when I feel like it. You Wait, know. Okay. You can yeah, run yeah. that by me real quick. He's going to. So after, okay, after the again. stage shit, he's going to come back in here. He's going to say, uh, okay, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go pick up Jay. Hey, Rich. Try to do his job with him at the barbershop. See you later. He'll wrap it up. Dick, yeah. Mean or yeah. No, you can like, be a little bit mean. But just, you but just be tell truthful, them. mean like how we yeah, are. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, just be straight. Yeah. Sure like the show is off yeah. now. I don't have to be fucking Mr. Show. Oh, right. I can yeah. just be real with you. I like the angle of be real as a friend. Yeah. What's not gonna work? Like you trying to be, you trying to do the day jobs. Yeah. Oh like yeah, that, that's, that's yeah, my motivation. Like, like I'm no so way you're gonna be like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I know you. I, I've seen you work before. Can I respond? I can say that. Yeah. Oh, I can just say like it's your reaction. It's your reaction. However you want to play that. However you feel about this shit, honestly, should come down. I'll show you. I'll show you, world. Father. Sorry. Where am I? I went blind with rage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do I? Are we already? We're still sitting. Yeah, you're sitting. You're, you're doing the. You're setting him up against the stage shit. Stage shit, yeah. Here, look. So I'm going to start off with the process, and then you mentioned yeah, your jokes. Okay. Oh, is that what we're doing? Yeah, I'm going to start process off Process to jokes again? No, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be like, about your process. Right. Okay. And I just walk out and do the stage work? Yeah. Yeah, so here's the thing, Kabir. Like, one of the things that I get asked a lot from other comics and really just, like, normal, you know, audience members in general yeah. uh, is about the process for, for actually coming up with the material. Do you have a process for your material? Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a structure on how I'm going to write stuff. Uh, what I do is I come up with premises, and then what I'll do is just, I'll just randomly just kind of go hit up the open mics, throw them out there, see what comes up at the top of my head. Um, and then, you know, other comedians, you know, in the community will kind of help you out. Uh, and, and stuff like that. So sometimes it could be like brainstorming when you're yeah, talking about brain- tagging yeah. and stuff like that. Well, once you get the premise, you can kind of go up there and figure out what you want to do. And then you, once you say it out loud, you kind of hear it and kind of right. figure it out. It's, it's better than just a pen and pencil 
uh, a, a pen and paper because you don't you just you don't hear it. You know? I mean, it's so, interesting because that's usually the that's that's the conventional method. People want right. to sit down, quiet place, yeah. don't want to be interrupted. I need to put my thoughts right, right. onto the pad. But you're saying that you're really just coming up with the premise right. and then making it making it grow from there. Exactly. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do this right now. There's like two jokes that I want to try out that I've been that I've been working on okay. mentally. But um, you know, you're just gonna go out there and do it. But most too many comedians are afraid of going up there and just vomit and just coming up with ideas. That's the whole point of this. So. That's real. That's real. So, so, so it, and you could actually help me write this joke. I want to be a part I, of this. I will walk you through the joke, and then I will also tell you where I need help with. All right, take your take your bits. Right. Hit that stage that we got set up at the front of the room, and uh, and then we'll go from there. Kabir Singh. Wow, I didn't I didn't think we were gonna get a chance to see uh, Kabir Singh live in action. Actually, actually doing being a part of the process. I'm excited by this. You come up with a premise. And then you just throw it out there and figure it out. Like um, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. Kabir oh, Singh. Yeah, come to the stage. This, this guy. It looks like the same uh, attendance as, uh, as my usual shows, actually. <laughs> I feel very good about this. Um, like, so I have this joke. I've always wanted to, uh, I've always wanted to write a, a joke about aliens, which is uh, kind of weird. But, like, shit. Mm. Improv, yeah. <laughs> Animals. <laughs> yeah, right. Come back with six. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, Try it again. Come on, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the to the betting. All right, we'll do the process thing again. Then we'll do we do the away. process thing again? Or do I just say, all right, let's do this? Okay, <laughs> so. Got right. it. All right, let's go do this. Let's do it, man. Let's rock it out. I get a chance to actually be a part of your process here, which is going to be fun for me. Cause, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, because this is basically brainstorming right now. Yeah, it is brainstorming. You know, you don't have the whole the whole joke, but you could do it in front of other funny people and they'll help you of out. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, Kabir Singh. All right, so uh, I've always wanted to write a joke about aliens, so I thought this would be funny. Uh, my worst fear in life is to be abducted by UFOs. Mm. Uh, not because I'm afraid of aliens. I don't care about aliens. I'll slap them in the face. Uh, what, what I don't want to do is be the uh, representative for Earth. Because... <laughs> When you get abducted by aliens, they're going to ask you questions about what's going on there, and I'll, I'll ruin it for all of us. I'm not a smart person, <laughs> right? So I'm pretty sure, like, the alien, like, what would be one of the things an alien would ask? Uh, yeah, what do you eat? Yeah, so I was thinking, like, what we probably, yes, so eat. That's a good one. See, there you that's go. Why it's it's working. Process is working. I would say, like, I would be a really bad representative for Earth because I'm pretty sure the alien would be like, uh, who's your leader? And I'd probably be like, uh... It can be you if you play your cards right. right. <laughs> Let's go downstairs and take over the world. You've got weapons, right? You right. Know, something weird like that. But food is another good incorporate, one. Incorporate. You can incorporate since you're since you're gonna abandon your species. You can incorporate some sort of like gentrification of it yeah. all. Like you're gonna be the, the aliens are gonna gentrify Earth, and it's gonna be a lot of alien hipsters walking around here, little mustaches, little unicycles, something like that. Just something like that. It could be like, well, we're all one down there. Right. Uh, and also maybe incorporate something funny. Be like, is LeBron James one of you guys? <laughs> right. Jumping over cars down there, and we've never seen anything like it. He plays for the Monstars from, right. from Space Jam. There you go. Something weird like that. And here's the other joke that I think I have down. I'll try it out. It's uh, is that uh, I do have a girlfriend now, and uh, her best friend uh, is a gay dude. 
who sent her a dick pic, uh. which is weird, right? Uh, and he claims it's an accident. But first of all, I don't think he's gay. I think he's straight. He's just trying to hook up with my girlfriend. Number two, uh, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic, right? You gotta grab your phone, turn your phone on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, pull your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that, send that. A lot of steps. Right. <laughs> so that's pretty much what we're trying to work on over there. And you can tell you can tell when the guy is insecure with his dick pic because oh. he'll always put like something next to it to show the scale. Oh, to see right. so, so you can see exactly how big it is. Ruler, right? Yeah, Anything like think about a ruler. Like he'll probably put like a roll of nickels next to it and just just so you understand that he's working with something. That's right. It's, it's, it's a, this battery. It's the secure dudes. The what secure dudes are the ones that just point the camera down and click. That's Those are right. the secure guys. The insecure and that's how you do it. See, we just came up with some stuff right there. And I'm right. going to write it down now. I love the Aliens one. With you. If, if, if the guy has a bunch of stuff in the backdrop of his dick pic, he's yeah. very insecure. And he, yeah. wants to, he wants to distract you from what's really going on that's right. and make you see the backdrop yeah, or something. It's like a hotel with miniature shampoo and stuff. <laughs> right. like, you know, just hanging out at Target. That's not Target. He's got the there. New York skyline behind his dick for some odd reason. That's the Hyatt. Yes. Okay. I see that. I, uh, this you is the process. You want to do So that's basically my process. What I'll do is I'll hit up the open mic just like I did, and I'll literally talk about the joke while I'm doing the joke. Right. It annoys some people, but who gives a shit? Who cares? You know, it's like, this is the way I do it. They already paid their money anyways. Laugh. Yeah. You're already getting paid at the end of the night. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So that's the best I like way that. for me to write. I like so Kabir, Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. That's Give it right. up. There we go. Rudy, huh? <laughs> I'll give you a one-man applause. Yeah, I know. A golf clap. A little golf clap. So, so this is, okay, now this time you did it, um... On stage, like right. you're actually on stage. I don't yep. know if that's typically how you do it, but I understand the concept behind right, this, right. though. It's about bringing a premise to the forefront and then building off that. I like that. Right. This is, like, very organic. How do you do it when you're not actually on a stage talking to, you know, somebody who's, like, right in front of you, like, critiquing you? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 tough. Like, what I'll do is I'll just annoy my friends and start open micing it with them sometimes. With your buddies. You're just oh, hanging yeah. out with your buddies. Oh, I do that with my mom all the time. Oh, she ah. hates it. She's like, why don't you come back when the jokes are good, please? That'd be okay. <laughs> right. I am not a test dummy. And I'm like, Mom, you, you got to – this is gold. Um, but no, really, listen, there's no excuse to not hit mics, man. I mean, yeah. really, any city. I mean, you could be anywhere and you could hit up a mic. So, really, it is best to go on stage and just throw those out there. I mean, do people kind of – do, especially your comedy friends, I yeah. can imagine, do they kind of call you out on that? Like, dude, don't open mic me right, right now. Right, right, right. Oh, oh, like, well, like do your friends ever say comedians. that? Or? I do it with my friends. but Who have no even, idea what's going on. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll they, just, just, like, they just think you're being extremely clever yeah. and very witty. And yeah. oh, that, oh, that Kabir, he's always got a snapper. I'll just be at my cousin's <laughs> birthday party. He's like 15. Sell Trump, huh? Have you seen this guy? He's like, please, uncle. Oh, man. It's my birthday. That's incredible, man. I, I'm, Get your kids over here. You guys want to hear a comedy show? I'm well, what's actually, what's the youngest What's the youngest crowd that you've ever done? I mean, have you ever done a oh show, like, specifically for kids? I've done Indian weddings where they won't even tell me there's kids. Oh, my God. Those wow. are the worst shows ever. I did, like, an Indian reception once, and I show up, and it's just literally, like, eight, seven-year-olds to four-year-olds maybe just circling around me and dancing. Yes. While I'm doing my set. While you're doing your bit. While people are eating. While I'm contemplating why I didn't go to law school, right. <laughs> this is so much. This is the worst experience ever. I mean, is that the worst setup oh. for a comedy show? Oh, it's the worst. And then when I do actual comedy shows where it is all ages, I mean, those can be fun because nobody yeah. in their right minds coming there. But when you start doing these private gigs where it just could be like young ass kids over there, it's crazy. Yeah. 
This, there's my, my thing about comedy shows is I, I hate to sound, you know, like like I'm being uh, petty, but yeah. it, it's, a, it's a, a lot about the setup. Like if you have, for example, you've done, you know, shows at a bar before or at a restaurant right, or right. something like that um, where they're trying to put, put on a comedy show, but they just don't have the elements around the right. comedy in, in, in order. You know, TVs yeah. are on, you got music playing in the background, you got the bar facing that way and yeah. the stage facing that way. I mean, what do you do? What do you do when you have a situation where you can't get everybody's attention? Yeah. Yeah. But you're supposed to do 25 minutes of comedy. You know, at that point, you just have to focus on the five people that are watching. I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, if they're literally not going to pay attention to you, right. uh, it's never going to be 100% of the crowd not paying attention to you. Do you, you just get louder? You could. It depends how much you care about the show. Right. When, you do <laughs> right. It, when you're headlining 30 shows a month, you're just sitting there like, this one could slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did real good yesterday. These people don't want it. We're not giving it to them. But, like, even when they're not paying attention, you just pick up the four or five that are paying attention and yeah. open mic and do some new stuff and stuff like that. But, I mean, you know, it also depends if you're getting paid or not. I mean, you – they depend on you to do well. I mean, how many bar shows do you have to? You're getting paid like what, hundred bucks a show up? I mean, yeah, that'd be that's nice when they can shoot you a nice hundred dollars yeah. for a bar show. And that's doing, nice. Yeah, 20, 30 minutes yeah. up there, and you're like, you know, they're not paying attention. You're like, I should probably try to get their attention. What's your What's yeah. your take on uh, the probably the one thing that uh, I would say scares people? Nah, I mean, no, that's cool. We can just we just skip that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. You guys want to do that first, or? Open that goddamn. So I'll I'll wrap it up. Ask you if you got any show. What shows you got coming up? No, no I don't, don't think we, say, oh, oh. Don't, I guess I don't even need to say that right yeah, now. Yeah, I think we just wrap it I'm up. Cheating, I'm cheating like a real podcast. Um, uh, wait, did we mention what would that the, the, the hustle of the whole Jay Rich thing? Barbara, I have to say that I'm going to go to Jay Rich's place. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mentioned that. You just say, what are you doing up next? Yeah. Just say, what I'll are you doing I'll wrap it next? up, and then I'll ask you, what are you up to? It's like, well, we're going to Oakland to pick up Jay Rich to go uh, to his side hustle. Say, say hi. We're not saying side hustle. We're going to go do uh, his day job. His day job. That's another word. Yeah. I'll just go be like, yeah, we're going to go to his day job. He's a barber. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to cut some hair. Okay. And then you could give like a quick opinion on what you think, how you think I'm going to do it. Okay. Be supportive on the radio. And yeah. Right and then really, yeah. Be supportive and then on I'll the radio. And then right when it's done, it's like, yo, shit. bro, I, you, you're not going to be And right. then I'll wrap it up, and then we'll do our thing. Okay.
Well, Kabir, it's uh, it's been a blast, man. It's been a while since we had a chance to really like sit down and chop it up like this, man. And always I'm, a pleasure. I'm always happy for your success. I'm always in your corner, man. And I know I'm gonna catch you at the microphones and stuff like that. But you know, you just keep on rocking your thing, keep Thank on doing you, your man. thing, man. I appreciate it, man, and congratulations on the radio show, man. We'll I appreciate that. I appreciate. It. We're gonna work. We're gonna do more of this more often, man, because I always love uh, your vibes and I love your energy, man. But yes, uh, what do you what are you up to for the rest of the day? Well, we're off to uh, you know Jay Rich, the yeah. other uh, an amazing comedian. His uh, his day job, he's a barber. Really? He's a barber in Oakland. Okay. So, so uh, we're going to go spend the day with him at work. Uh, and then um, I think he's going to try to get me to cut some hair, man. I'm, I think I'm going to be uh, I think I'm gonna be good at it. Maybe you, I'll find another passion. You know what, though? I think you I think you will be also. Because the thing is, like, people love a, a barber with a good personality. You're, yeah. Obviously, you're a funny guy. Oh, like, you're going to entertain you. them. You're going to entertain them. They're going to be looking forward to having their hair cut by Kabir Singh. I think it's going to be fun. I you're going to fit in. I feel bad for the people that are going to get the haircut. No, nah, no. But I'm excited. I'm going to see what it's like, you know, because it's, it's not all cutting hairs. I know he has got a, uh, a strenuous job. So it's going to see if I'm going to be excited at... To try it out. Maybe watch a YouTube video on uh, on fades oh, before, yeah. before you, before you <laughs> get down no there. We have no time for that now. That, that should have been done Just do that, man. Ago. Kabir, I really appreciate you, man. Again, thank you, brother, for coming on, man. Thank you, You have been all uh, had a chance to listen to the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Once again, thank you guys all for tuning in. You guys have a great day. Take it easy. Thank you, man. Right on, man. All right. Man, uh, I got to tell you, man, that is, you, know, I, you know I believe in you. Yeah, and and you know we go back and stuff. Um, but this 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 day job thing, man, it's 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 not gonna work, Kabir. It's not it's not gonna work, man. I, you you you're you're not ready Listen. for this. You know, this is a lot of work. You already put in all these miles onto your brain and everything. Yeah. It's, you're not gonna be able to do this, man. This is not for you. It's not for you. How hard is cutting hair? I think you're gonna be in for a rude awakening. Well, we'll see, sir. We'll see. We'll see about that, man. We'll Just, see. Uh, Take it easy, man. All Good right. luck. Good luck with everything. Take care, buddy. All right. Take I'll see easy. you soon. All right. <laughs> do not even, dude, do not do a speech, man. Just go straight up and just All right. say. It's not going to work. All right. Just say, uh, shorter. Job, dude. Much shorter? All right. It's got not you. not going to work. And gotcha. can I say how hard is cutting hair? Could that be a good thing going back into Okay. Five lines here. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll see you later on tonight. Yeah, yeah. So what are you up to is like before our show tonight. Yeah. I, well, I'm gonna go to Jay Rich thing, so I'll make that clear on that All right, one. Cool. All righty. Oh, uh, at the end? I'll do it quicker. I'll do it much quicker, oh, yeah. yeah. Say something homophobic. <laughs> Be like, mm. we need to sell this. All right, I got you. I got you. You guys ready? No. Doesn't look like it. Well, uh, Kabir, man, we spent like two hours together for the first time in a long time, man. I really appreciate you coming through today, man. I've had a blast. What are you up to for the rest of the day? Uh, that was a blast, man. Uh, well, we're going to be heading over to uh, to Jay Rich. You know Jay Rich, amazing comedian. Of course, um, of course. He's a barber, so we're going to go to his barber shop in Oakland. Wow. We're going to spend a day in his shoes, and then I'm going to be able to cut some hair. So you're going uh, you're to cut a little bit of hair. Yeah, so I don't okay. know if I'm going to survive tonight. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm excited. We're going to go see uh, how he does his job and 
It's gonna be exciting, and then we have the big show tonight, man. We do, we're man. So we're gonna up. we're gonna hook up later on tonight. Absolutely. I want you to I want you to let me know what the whole barbershop experience was like for you. Oh, I'm, I will. I'm yeah. sure you're gonna do great, man. You got a great personality, and people love a happy barber. So well, I think you're gonna you, be good, Rudy. man. Thanks for having again, me, again, brother. I appreciate show. it, man. Once again, you guys have been listening to Kabir Singh right here on the Rare Formcast with Rudy Ortiz. Thank you for tuning in. You guys take it easy. Uh, this barbershop thing, man, it's not, it's not gonna work for you, man. It's not gonna work for you. You're, uh, you're not cut out for it. How hard is it gonna be? Well, you're gonna find out. You're gonna find out. All right. You let well, me know tonight, man. I'll see you tonight, baby. All right, baby. Thanks take it easy. I'll see you soon, man. Take care. Man. All right. Same thing, right? Like the same thing we just did. What was that? First one is alien, second one is dick pic. Okay. Same idea. Oh, yes. So the uh, the second joke, though. I right. To do another show. Wow. First, one, first one was good. Let's see what the second one is. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Sorry. <laughs> so the second joke I had in mind uh, is, uh, is this. So I have a girlfriend. Uh, her best friend is gay. Okay. Uh, but he sent a dick pic to her recently that he claims was an accident, but I don't think hmm. it is an accident because um, it's really hard to accidentally send a dick pic. There's a lot of steps to send a dick pic. It's complicated. It's complicated. You gotta grab your phone, turn it on, pull your pants down, look at your dick, right. pull your pants back up, go on the internet, find a bigger dick, take a picture of that dick, right. send that. I mean, it's a lot of work. Right. I think that's a lot of stumbling. Too much stumbling. I mean, what, what do you think needs to be added? I mean, I think the punchline is a little weak. Well, you know, premise, you yeah. just gotta remind people, you gotta remind people that the more stuff that you add to the dick pic in the background, the yeah. more insecure the man actually is. Oh, see, that's a good idea. Like, if he's got a roll of quarters or something to show the scale from whatever it is that he's holding to his penis, that's because he's he's unsure about himself. You know, the the, the secure guys just look, the, take the camera and then right. point down and click. Those are the secure guys. Triple no A batteries. Nothing going on. Yeah, exactly. There's batteries. It's just there, there's no other things to compare it to in a secure dick pic. Exactly. So remember that. I like it. They always do the travel size stuff too, the toothpaste and stuff. Like right. That. Like this is Target. I'm like, that's not Target. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. So I could add that stuff. It's about brainstorming. We're brainstorming. So again, man, I always find that the best way to do it. Two things: you say it out loud, the joke, you hear it, and then other people can uh, help you out, man. That's kind of the. Problem. I dig that. We're doing we're doing the the entrance at the very beginning.
So just until he comes in, we're, we're going all the way to the point where he comes in and sits down? Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay, we'll do it again. I I, I remember how I, I'll, it was like a minute, almost a minute before he came in. Okay. One. What up, world? Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest today, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only... Oh, okay. All right, no problem. Three, two, one. What's going on, world? Welcome to the Rare Form cast with your host, Rudy Ortiz, and my special guest, who will be in studio pretty soon, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, comic extraordinaire. The guy's been everywhere. You've seen him on Comedy Central. He's actually just recently uh, done some writing for Family Guy. I mean, the guy's blowing up. I've known Kabir for almost, uh, I want to say, eight or nine years now. Known him ever since the open mic days over at Tommy T's back in Pleasanton, for those of you who know the, the scene. That, that's when they used to have karaoke right after comedy it was usually funnier after the comedy show was over because of the karaoke so we're going to be talking a lot about sports a lot about politics uh, a lot about comedy actually we're only going to be talking about sports and comedy no politics today we're going to keep that in the uh, on the other side but uh, my man Kabir is going to let us uh, into his career let us know what he's up to what he's been what he's got going on and uh, actually I think I just hear him coming in right now of course Kabir fashionably late fashionably late as always my man knows how to make an entrance, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Good. It's been a while, brother. This is nice. Right on, man. Welcome. Welcome to the Rare Formcast. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Let's do it one more time. Okay. Cool.
All right, and actually, I think I hear him walking in now. Is that the, okay. Yeah, so we will have Kabir Singh in studio very soon. My man knows how to make an entrance. I've known him for years. He's always been like that. And as a matter of fact, I think I hear him walking in right now. There he goes, the one and only Mr. Kabir Singh. What's up, man? Making an entrance, as always, treating me like it's your court date. I dig it. I like that. No problem, my man. Welcome. Welcome to the Rare Formcast. The one and only Mr. Kabir Singh, ladies and gentlemen. I see Rudy, man. Right on. There you go. Cool, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go grab some lunch with my folks. Let me walk out with you guys, though, man. You guys, are they already packed up? Oh, no. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, no, it's on Sunday night. If oh, I'm not Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night. Okay. You guys there? Thank you for letting me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Do you guys, do, so do you guys ever, I mean, what's the, like, the extent of the usage here? Is it, like, one person who does a podcast or multiple podcasts? Um, or? Well, but oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, there's, that's a schedule currently, and it's 100 bucks a month. You get, um. That is cool. Yes. Right. <laughs> okay. So, damn, this is kind of cool, though. I like, I like the idea of like having a cool space like this. Actually, I'm just down. Like, in terms of how you, that's something that you've done over time, or is this something like, you just sat down at a microphone? 
damn, like, you know, you know what it was, man? I'm gonna be honest with you. If I was a teacher, um, I used to really mess around with random shit. Like, okay. I used to write a lot of random shit. So I did like some. Okay. So I think maybe that's where I had to come up with it because like I didn't really get into comedy until like I was like twenty-five. Oh, okay. Well, so I think maybe that's where it all it all started off. Right. At. Right. Because it's like it's like it's like a thirty-second poem. Right. It's almost like stream of consciousness. Yeah, and you want it to work. You don't want it to yeah. sound crazy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? You want it to actually work. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. It's impressive. But it's but it's one of it's one of those things though that it's like I, I think that really helps out in like the comedy scene. Sometimes when you're up there and you're bombing, like you have to make it. You, if you it's not gonna like, be funny, you gotta at least be interesting. Yeah, you know? yeah, so you yeah, can't yeah. Just be, You literally can't just be standing there just looking blank. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So yeah. Kind of, it, it, it's survival. Am I wrong? I'm bad. Are you here on Sunday? Yeah. Thank you again, fam. Oh yeah, you bet. Radio, 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 radio. Got in here. Where's the mate gonna be? Bruno Street, down by the train yards. I'll draw you a map. Setup's the same. Car pulls up and honks a couple of times in an alley down there. Who's handling the bike? A big man. Don't waste any time. When is it? Tonight. Oh, oh, no, no, I went back no, to the office and met with Sergeants Barr and Jacobson. 8 p.m. Ben and I took up our positions on the stakeout along with the rest of the men. We had a clear view of the exact location where the buy was to be made. We waited. 10 p.m. 11 p.m. No one showed. Midnight came and went. 1.30 a.m. Still no sign. At 18 minutes of 2, we spotted a man carrying a shopping bag emerge from behind a row of freight cars near the end of the rail yard. He made his way across the street to the alley. He stood back in the shadows. 
As soon as the car gets in the alley, we pull up and block it, huh? Yeah, that's right. Beck will do the same thing down at the other end. Headlights coming in the alley. Wait a minute. Going on through. What's the time now? Four minutes to two. We waited. Eighteen minutes passed. Still no sign of the car that, according to Charles, was supposed to be there for the big buy. We could still see the figure of a man with a shopping bag huddled in the alley. 3 a.m. Joe. Yeah. Car down there in the alley. Yeah. That's it. You want to start up? Yep. Just enough to block the alley. Uh -huh. That's good. All right, come on, let's go. Come on. All right, chill your engine and get out of the car. Joe, look out! Get him out of there. Yeah. There's three of them. Yeah. Here's the guy with the shopping bag. All right, I got it. Christ, not some cold. Yeah. That's one. Easy there. Yeah. Pull right over there, will you? That's get his coat off of that. I got it. Okay. That's it. That's it. three of them. Yeah. Hey. Hey, look at this, Joe. Found one of them in this guy's hand. Tin can, huh? Mm-hmm. Full of marijuana. You look at the labels on those cans? Yeah. Fancy, solid, packed tomatoes. There he is, the big tomato. The story you have just heard was true. Only the names were changed to protect the innocent. On October 3rd, trial was held in Superior Court, Department 89, City and County of Los Angeles, State of California. In a moment, the results of that trial. Stanson, alias the Big Tomato, along with his associates in the narcotic gang, was tried and convicted for violating the state narcotic act. He received sentences as prescribed by law and are now serving their terms in the state penitentiary. You have just heard Dragnet, a series of authentic cases from official files. Technical advice comes from the office of Chief of Police W.H. Parker, Los Angeles Police Department.
Rocket Dog Rescue is a Bay Area organization that works to save dogs from death at overcrowded shelters and put them into happy homes. If you're looking to adopt or have some extra cash you feel like donating, go to rocketdogrescue.org. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-D-O-G-R-E-S-C-U-E dot O-R-G. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Welcome to the world of Giant Gnome Productions. Find out more online at giantgnome.com. And now, our feature presentation. Emily, where were you? Oh, I couldn't see anything, so I was looking around to the side to get a better look at the pond. Now look, you can't go running off like that. This is a very serious situation. There are guns, bombs, mines, grenades, mustard gas, not to mention aliens. Aliens? I don't think they're aliens, Doc. What do you mean they're not aliens? Well, of course, you are the expert, but I did get a closer look at the pod than you did. And? And the marking on the craft said HMS Hague. Whatever that thing is, it's British. British? What a British craft be doing travelling in non-space? They never developed the technology. And more importantly, what would they be doing back here in 1917? Should we go back and try to get in the pod? I don't think there's anyone in it right now, at least no one I could see. No, too dangerous. Besides, we have to get back to the TARDIS before someone notices. Notices what? Turn around very slowly, with your hands up in the air. If you make one wrong move. I'll shoot you both where you stand. You, sit over there on the cot. Both of you. Keep your hands where I can see them. There seems to be some sort of mistake here. We're on your side. Is that so? Yes, of course. We're both British in case you can't tell. Call me suspicious, but when I see a young woman and a strange man that's just strange. in very odd-looking civilian clothing just wandering around no man's land in the middle of a big push, I tend to take notice. Odd-looking? Really? Do I look that out of place? I was just telling Emily earlier that the one thing I can never get right is the clothing. Stop chattering and start explaining. Or you'll both be shot as German spies. German spies? Well, that's the last straw. Look, I've let you push us around long enough. We're trying to help you. You have no idea what's going on out there. And what do you do? You interrupt us in the middle of our work, drag us back here at gunpoint, and now you accuse us of being Germans? What I think my partner here is trying to say is that we're here on a very special reconnaissance mission for the British government. 
If you don't believe me, we have credentials. They're in my jacket pocket. I'll get them. You just keep your hands up. Inside left. There you go. That should explain everything. Oh, my, uh, special operations, uh, well, I see, I'm sorry, it, it's just, well, you seem so damned out of place out there. Don't apologize, glad to see we still have some very observant young soldiers in this man's army. I don't believe I caught your name. Burlingham, Daniel Burlingham. Let's uh, change it up for a couple hours. Come on, did SUV! 
what's up? Now you know what the fuck's the deal. Hope everybody's doing well. It is uh, Monday evening. Hello. Hope everybody had a good weekend. Um, we, uh, I'm flying solo cholo tonight. It's, uh, it was a long weekend. We all had a great time. Got to hang out with Paul this weekend, but we'll get into that later. Um, we had a tragedy out in Oakland, so there's a big vigil going on out there, and Bill's, uh, Bill's paying his respects. He's doing his thing. So, you get to listen to me tonight. I didn't get to go on the dirt bag this weekend, so I'm a little beat, as was Paul. So, he, uh, he needs sleep. <laughs> He's been pushing his body pretty hard for the last couple months, so it's uh, time to take a break, I think, for him. Hopefully he'll be, he should be back next week. He was excited about coming in next week. He's just, yeah, he's, he's done for today. So it was a great weekend. We had the dirt bag this weekend. What a great ride. Uh, I highly recommend if you're going to go on this ride to bring dirt tires. <laughs> um, I got a, I took my bike, got the Harley out there in the mud for a little bit, man. It was, uh, it was interesting. It was uh, quite a ride. I'll tell you what, but, uh, get the white knuckles going in the, uh, it's exciting, man. It's super exciting. So yeah, that was that was a great time. I don't feel like I deserve to be there, and I was honored to be invited. That was a fantastic ride. Great group of guys. Um, but we'll talk more about that later. I want to get into some music. Um, I do want to thank Seth and Aaron from The Creeps for those burnouts, man. Those guys were sick. So I thought I'd throw some music their way. Talk to you in a minute. Shall I wait 
What's happening? So that was the Stooges, Mexican guy. Song before that was uh, Slipknot, Wait and Bleed, and then uh, the Twats played Sanity Bomb before that, who I, which I dedicated to my uh, my buddies. Those were insane burnouts. <laughs> so that was a wild party. It was a long weekend. It started for me. It started with memorial service on a uh, Friday. Say goodbye to a good friend. It was uh, it was actually a, a really good crowd. It was it was it was a big deal. It was cool. Oh, peace, Ernie. Good people. Um, so then I got the call about going to the <laughs> going on the dirt bag, which uh, I was it surprised me. So 
And not only that, I, uh, I needed a bike with uh, rear pegs, which you know, is the one I have. I got two bikes, so the Harley has the rear pegs. And it was Paul. He said, uh, yeah, you want to go on the dirt bag? Um, but can you carry a girl on back that's going to photograph the whole event? She's, uh, I heard she may be the official photographer of the dirt bag challenge. So she, uh, so yeah, we met on Saturday morning. Actually, I met everybody except for Paul on Saturday morning for the first time. And uh, we left uh, Bayview around, around 11 a.m., and uh, it was a wild crowd. I have to I have to give props to everybody. They were just they were just a solid crowd. This young lady was hanging off the back of my bike. She was she she was solid. She was everybody was solid. It was just a good good crowd. But yeah, it was uh it was super impressive. And I feel like I accomplished something. It was you know even though I didn't build a bike to take on it, it's it was uh, it was an event. So we uh, drove out of the city, headed north. 160 plus miles, I think almost 170, maybe a little more than that, uh, north up into the uh, mountains, and we uh, camped out overnight, which, yeah, it turned out the uh, the last three miles or so were on dirt in a off-highway vehicle park. Um, so, yeah, deep ruts, a little bit of mud, um, and I wasn't the only one with street tires on my bike. These guys, uh, they powered through it, and uh, they were on rigids the whole freaking way, man. It was it was just a really impressive sight. I had a really good time. They were all homemade, you know. It was just, it was badass. So if you missed it, plan on it for next year because it's a good one. Um, things are gonna change up next year. Paul's uh, still figuring out what exactly is gonna be the final uh, final change ups on the whole thing. Um, but we're maybe thinking, or he's maybe thinking longer longer rides. I think at this point, or. Yeah, we'll leave that up to him. There's there's a few oars in there, but uh, I sh probably shouldn't have said as much as I did. So, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, went up to, uh, <laughs> when I was in a, you know, once you get off the main freeways, man, you get up into those hills, and uh, I was scraping pipes on one side, and it was just loose gravel, and so I wasn't pushing it too hard, you know, plus with the extra weight, it uh, it's a different beast, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody. It's bad enough if I go down, but if I go down with somebody on back and they get messed up, I'm not cool with that, you know, so. And I'm usually riding solo cholo, so I was, uh, it was a good time, man. Yeah, some of those guys were just riding, you know, and their breakdowns and fixing it and getting it going again and running out of gas. And I think 11 people made it up on uh, homemade bikes, Paul leading the way. Paul's got a beautiful bike, by the way. If you get a chance to check it out, please <laughs> go out of your way for it. It's It's sweet. It should be on the web. Should be on the Facebook page, I assume. So yeah, so that was a great weekend. Um, Sunday coming back. Sunday coming back, I uh, I laid back. Um, we pulled over because Paul broke uh, broke his adjuster on his uh, on his bike broke off, so his chain was was loosening up as he was riding along. So we uh, we pulled over. We managed to fix that. But in the process, the rest of the guys were like, "Well, we're out," and I'm with the photographer. So I'm like, "So where are we going? We following the boys, or are we sticking with Paul?" And uh, we ended up sticking with Paul, which was a good thing, because um, he did get it going. And about I don't know, an hour later on the road, um, we pulled up to a red light. We were coming off 29 onto 121.12 there, and uh, he. Uh, <laughs> We jumped on it. And he had me. He was he was out in front. And he was gone, um, and then I saw his chain went slack, and he uh, and it was making like a I don't know like a winding sound. And then he pulled over, and I, as I did, and by the time I walked back the thirty feet from in front of him that I was, um, 
there was a nice puddle of oil underneath his bike <laughs> which was <laughs> It's like, all right, well, cool. At least we we hung back with him, you know. We were we were there for him. Um, also, while we were pulled over the first time, Joyce, his his beautiful woman, who I met this weekend, she's a sweet, sweet lady, badass, badass. All all my respect, Joyce. Um, she pulled over, you know, just to hang out and see if we need anything. And Paul didn't need any help with what he was doing. We uh we all laid off and just let him do his thing. Um, and when she went to jump in her truck and started, that truck would not start. So we had to call AAA. Anyway, by that time, the boys were pretty pretty well in front of us. But we uh, we did our best to catch up, and then the next breakdown happened. So I ran into town and got some uh, JB Weld Quick, which sets in six minutes. It's amazing stuff, by the way. Um, and a couple of bolts, and we uh, and Paul went to work and nailed it, man. We left there. I think we made it back from that turnoff. From 121, 12 to 37 to 101, all the way into the city to the shop in like 45 minutes, 40 minutes. And not one drop of oil came out of his bike. It was just smooth sailing the whole way. It was an amazing ride. And then the party began. So before that, Paul, um, Bill's, Bill's at this vigil tonight as well. He's over in Oakland on the vigil for the people who lost their lives in that it's just a tragedy. Um, my heart goes out to everybody in the families, and it's just a terrible thing. Um, so he's out there doing his vigil. I'm going to try and mellow things out here for a minute before I go and snap, but uh, I'll be right back. Catch up with you in a minute.